Today is Wednesday, September 11th, and on today's episode of That's Some BS, guys, we have a full entire football weekend from Thursday to Sunday. It is going down. We recap college football, the craziness that went down from that. We take a look at next week's games and the winners and losers, and we take a look at the crazy weekend that has gone on with the NFL. We go to a couple of our questions, and we'll answer some of those. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to be underway here shortly. Please keep the seatbelts fastened as we climb out. We often get turbulence. Flight attendants, please be seated for departure. Brock, we're making history right here. History, adversity, the whole nine. Like, if you guys out there are listening to this and you're questioning whether we're dedicated or not, like, this thing's actually going down. We said every Wednesday and we're going to deliver. Absolutely. But, guys, I'm in Houston right now. I'm not in Philly. I'm not in the 918. We're not in our normal setting. You're getting a uh, a scouting report going for Dana Holgerson? Oh, yeah? Is that what you're doing down there? Oh, no, it's some business stuff, you know, checking in with the Texans, even though they're on the road right now. Just, you know, seeing how their offense line is, if they need any help. But anyways, let's just go ahead and get straight into it. We got college football from this past weekend, and it was nuts. Like, we had tons of awesome games, tons of ranked games, tons of teams that almost got upset. But first, we have one of our first questions. So obviously we didn't advertise it as well, Brock, as we probably should have no. on our social medias. Yeah, we but failed to do that. But yeah, first question has come through. And okay. of course it relates to the Oklahoma Sooners. The caller was wanting to know if OU's defense is tremendously better, just a little bit better, not better at all. So Sam, you and I got together and we're not the uh, biggest OU insiders, followers, what have you. So we're we not thought out the boom soon. We're not we're not boom soon, guys. Right. So we thought to reach out and you know reach out to an expert that just follows OU, has attended OU, an alum of OU. But he's I mean he's going to keep it real. Like this dude's a real guy. He's not just going to be quite biased. The insider. Yes, for sure. And so now we welcome on OU insider an expert. <laughs> William Valdez to help answer this question. So, Yo, Will, welcome, welcome to the podcast. What's up, guys? <laughs> so, Will, you heard the question. We're two weeks into this thing, and what do you think? I heard you attended the Houston game. So, what is what's going on, man? Is OU, you know, defense for real or what? Um, first of all, let me preface this and say that I am no guru. Um, I'm a fan, uh, and I know a little bit about the team, but. Um, completely unbiased. OU's defense was terrible last year, as was the rest of the defense. It's been bad for a lot of years. I think last year we ranked 101st. Not good. Out of like 130 teams. A little Um, ugly. So only up, you know, we can only go up from there. Uh, With the change, the biggest change, I think, in OU's defense, uh, the defensive coordinator probably should have been made a long time ago. Mike Stoops should have been gone forever ago. Um, We've got Alex Grinch now. Did he still Christmas? He did for Christmas. Hopefully, he steals every other team's Christmas this year. Okay, um, there we go. I like that. Yeah. Um, so from Ohio State, I think he's going to be what we need to shift our defense in the right direction. Um, I'm not at all going to say that OU's defense is going to play lights out this season. I don't uh, by any means think that that's going to happen. But I do think that 
Alex Grinch is going to be able to shake some things up, especially with our defensive captains. You got Neville Gallimore and Kenneth Murray from Houston. K9. Um, yes, K9. That dude's an animal. Um, yeah, they've been raving about him down here in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, so I think that he's going to be able to shake some things up to move our defense in the right direction. Uh, like I said, I don't think that we're by any means going to have a top defense uh, in the country. But at the same time, with the way that our offense is looking and Jalen Hurts is playing, I think that our defense improving um, in the slightest bit could mean big things for the season. No, I, that's the thing. That's the thing about OU is that they don't have to have the top ranked defense to be a killer team you just don't have to be last place right like it reminds me of the chiefs from last year like kansas city had the top ranked offense but it had the worst defense all you have to do is just not be 32 out of 32 and you're in the super bowl i mean there's a lot of teams out there that wish they could have that problem but hopefully the alex grinch from the ohio state can fix some of this to y'all's point i think if OU can even just push to to get their defense ranked in the 70s that it's a huge step forward and and that's a scary team to deal with yeah but thanks for coming on will hey no problem no, i appreciate appreciate the inside scoop and uh the thoughts right hey, no and problem. i hope i hope we uh can can see you somewhere down the road yeah thanks for having me guys yep so that was a great first segment uh talking big 12 defenses we go on and on about that all day, but let's go ahead and talk about the rest of the country, what other games were going on. And there's a couple of games that were highlighted, and we'll talk about this later, but the one I want to get right into it was Army in Michigan. Oh, my Lord. That, that game had me on the edge of my seat from almost beginning to end because it was almost like – I know Army's not in the same level as the App State. Like, they're a little bit higher but it's almost a repeat of Oklahoma last year. Like Oklahoma, I don't know if you listeners remember, but the team that went to the college football playoffs had to go to overtime with this branch of the military. And I wanted Army to win so bad. What about you, Brock? I did. Uh, I don't know why I didn't call this on the podcast because I just felt like this game was just a You called sne- it on the social media. Called it on the socials, but but not on the pod. But yeah, dude, I was pulling for the Black Knights the, the, the entire way. But I think... When you and I were talking in previous episodes about voice your choices, and this is the year that Harbaugh takes a step forward, dude, I I don't think it's the year of the Wolverines. Well, there's a lot of teams out there where it's not their year. They're not back. But we'll get to that in a second. But, like, I just – I agree with you. Like, Michigan didn't deserve to win this game at all. That's – yeah. Just, they just won because they, I think they – like, obviously, in any sort of college football season, you have to have luck to be a good team. But they just, I feel like they just had the more talented players. Like, you play that game, like, five extra minutes, like, Army wins that game. Army controlled the whole entire game. Right. I mean, Michigan had fumble after fumble. And, I mean, that's a team that just feasts on when you when you make mistakes. Whenever you slip up and you start to shoot yourself in the foot, that's where they just take over. And you better just strap in because you're on you're on their ride now. The most annoying thing, too, is is that Michigan fans are going to look at this game as like a positive. Even though they did win, Like they're going to look at OU last year, and they're going to be like, well, OU won in overtime against Army, and they made it to the national playoffs. Right, like, oh, they, like, like the thinking like, now is that this is like a resume win? Yeah, that's yeah. not impressive. And they, they didn't look too hot against Middle Tennessee State either. Yeah, now, no. There are a lot of teams out there, too, that you know are in top 10, top 25 that haven't looked so hot. And moving on to that, 
Do you have anything else to say about Army Michigan? No, I mean just Michigan is a big chump. I think for the both of us this week. So you're already going into one of your first chumps. Oh, dude, that should be both of our chumps. I mean, you said well, it best, couple, man. I have a couple of chumps, but moving on to almost a chump of the week, Nebraska, the Cornhuskers. Guys, they were up 17 to nothing on the road in Colorado, and they freaking choked this game. They let Colorado claw back in, and at home, any team, uh, especially with the talent they have at the wide receiver position at Colorado, is going to make you pay. Colorado came all the way back and won in overtime, 34-31 at home. And I don't, like, hell is going to freeze over in Lincoln, and it's going to be because of Coach Frost. And I like, there's so many of these powerhouses that think that they're supposed to be national contenders just because of what their history says. And it's just not the case. And you're finding out that a lot of these programs are going to be dumpster fires for years and years to come. It's not going to just take one coach or one recruit to change it all. It has to be a whole entire culture change, an identity change. And like, I, I feel like Nebraska's heading in the right direction. It's going to take some time. But like that was just not a good step at all. Like they went backwards on this game. Right. And I'm pretty they they lost to him last year, which is I mean, very similar to what they what just happened on Saturday. Heartbreaking game. But yeah, dude, I think Nebraska was one of the most hyped teams like of this summer. Everyone yeah, I, mean, I remember us talking about them. Like right, we I mean winning the Big Ten. Yeah, we were we were low key geeked for We were the chumps. We we are chumps along with Nebraska right there. But no, so I think we need to check in uh with our love and our sipping of the Kool-Aid of the Cornhuskers for sure. But but give credit to Colorado too. Mel yeah, Tucker, first year head coach, has got him two and zero. Yeah, that's that's something to take note of. I mean, especially being out there in the pack twelve or pack ten, twelve, whatever it is now, it it was kind of interesting to see because it's rare whenever you have those crossover of conferences and seeing them compete. And speaking of crossover conferences, we had a slugfest of a game down in Austin this past week. Oh, we did with LSU and Texas. And Brock, first of all, before we even talk about the game, this is this game is what we need more of in college football. Two top-notch programs doing home and homes. I'm tired of this neutral site crap where they meet at an NFL stadium and it's half and half. Like as cool as that is, save that for the playoffs. I love doing home and homes where like the one team that has the home game, they get every single fan that's been there for the past hundred years shows up for it all their celebrity fans show up like i love it it was great stuff but so i mean week one with oregon and auburn down in dallas i was a fan of that but there's just something to your point there's just something about being on on a college campus college that you campus. just can't yes. beat but no i agree we've been absolutely spoiled here back-to-back weeks just two great games um night capped and yeah to your point i mean texas brought out matthew mcconaughey for for last or last weekend's game and still uh that's good. a huge name drop for the, you know here's here's the thing that i saw that i thought was hilarious he is the minister of culture for texas yeah and like, he's teaching I, there yes i mean okay, okay i can understand that he's he's accredited in the acting field obviously but the minister of culture like what that would like make you at like at oklahoma state like you'd be the um uh, Prime, prime justice of passion 
Like, I feel like they just made it up and gave him a title just so they could pay him to come to games. And they, and they could have done that, but look, the hat, I think the hat definitely fits. And I think that, because, I mean, look at the movies, bro. Look at the roles that he's played. So, like, it's so diverse. Yes, and so Minister of Culture does fit for him. I do see that. But let's talk about the game, okay? okay. We have all the pomp and circumstance. We have college game day there. But let's talk about the game. This dude for LSU, Joe Burrow, I like this guy. I like his moxie. I like how he plays. He played amazing. Like, he looked like a Heisman candidate out there going 31 for 38. And I saw him at the end. He was just waving and teasing the crowd. Yeah, like, did you did you almost, like that about him or no? Yeah, it's almost like Baker-ish. Baker-esque. Okay. <laughs> like, where, like, I, I hate the bland college football where, like, the cookie cutter. Yes, yeah. where it's just like, you know, we're here. We respect the game. No, dude. You go on the road to, like, a huge, huge rival. I wouldn't call it a rivalry game, but it's a big game for recruiting because they recruit the same kind of kids. And you got all these orange Texas fans, and he's just waving goodbye. That's got to be the best feeling. Like you can't, like if you're a 21 year old kid, that like that's what you live for right there. Like you love hushing and silencing the crowd, especially on the road. My my biggest thing walking away from this game is is I truly do think that LSU could be a legit threat to Alabama or Clemson. They um, finally have the offense now. Right, exactly. We and we haven't seen that in oh my goodness, in like forever since. What, when Les Miles won a national championship there or something? Yeah, but like even that offense was just, it's, it was NFL style. It was like just very eye formation. And like you can win with that, but like times have changed. And now you finally have a quarterback at LSU that throws the ball downfield accurately. And you haven't had that at all. All credit to Joey Burrow. He did ball out, but I will, we need to talk about this. Texas could have easily won this game. They had yeah, two, they, two failed fourth and goals. Two of them, and I don't know if you so saw who, one of them. That on? I mean, t- I'm just saying, like, don't don't. Texas might have lost the game, but don't count the Longhorns out because I mean, just like you know, Mister Mister Burrow, Sam Ellinger had a great game, 400 passing yards with four touchdowns, no picks. And well, so I don't want people to forget about Texas because they could have easily been on the the upswing of this. Because speaking of the horns, I'm done with them. Really? After I'm after I just like, told you, don't forget about them. You're done with them. No, like no, they're going to be a great team moving forward, and I'm sure they're going to do great and they're going to compete. You know, because we're all about competing. Mm-hmm. But I'm done picking Texas games. That's why. Oh, I to say. okay. I am over two on them. Yo, speaking of picking, I'm pretty sure we had a bet on this one. What was the bet again? I'm pretty sure we had a Popeyes chicken sandwich on this one. Oh, bro. So I'll well, be, I'll be waiting they, that. Whenever they get them restocked, I downloaded the app, and I'll get notifications whenever they are restocked. Dude, I check the app every day. It's 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 pretty bad that they're missing out on so much opportunity. But yes, going pop- back to that, I, I'm done. You're you're going to pick what kind of sandwich you want, and I'm done picking Texas games. Okay, so Popeyes is a chump. Texas is a chump. Another chump, Texas A&M. Really? Yes. This after, I mean, that game was so boring, and not even to like the excitement of Clemson. It was, it was twenty four to three for the longest. Your our the final ended up twenty four ten, and A and M scored with like six seconds left to make it. You know their first touchdown of the game. This was so boring. Yeah, and they it really had the the opportunity to be a really exciting game. Again, one of those fun. 
top college football teams doing home and homes. Like those are a blast, like non-conference games too. Like those are awesome. Cause it really allows us as the fans to like see where each conference is. And I mean, I think we were spoiled with last year's game, but I just want to point out, man, I just want to Trevor Lawrence is a, is still a young kid. I think he's 19 or maybe pushing 20. Which is scary. Which is scary of how good he is. But look, he's had two games uh, against Georgia Tech and Texas A&M now. And again, this game, not Heisman-type numbers, which we've all come to to expect of him. 268 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, that, it's insane. But I have another chump. I actually have two more chumps. You ready for this? I'm ready. So we're done. We You thought we were done talking about Texas? Wrong. So my next chump is the Texas organization or like whoever decides on what, how game day operations is because Texas screwed themselves because they put LSU's band on the top deck. (laughs) Did you see this? Yeah. Strategic. They put, they put the LSU band on the very top deck and I think they screwed themselves because next year in Baton Rouge, I don't even think the band gets in the stadium next year for Texas. Play outside in the tailgate. Yes, yeah. like they're not getting in, <laughs> it, and so they screwed they screwed themselves that way. So they're chumps for that. Yeah, it could have been some black voodoo stuff right there. It could have been them in the butt. Exactly. Um, my other chump. Oh, you got it. Keep going, maybe. My other chump is Tennessee football. Oh my gosh, they are an absolute dumpster fire. And Brock, I don't know. It goes back to what we were talking about with Nebraska being one of the. It's one of these teams that thinks that they're just a national historic powerhouse that thinks that they can just throw money at problems. And it's not even that. It's a culture problem. And they're losing. They lost two games at home that they should have blown out. Remember when we were doing voice or choice and I said that LSU or Tennessee was going to win nine games, possibly even make it to a New Year's Day bowl game? (laughs) Yes. I feel like an idiot. Yeah, you, you can jump off now. Yeah, like, like I'm giving not, you that right. Well, it's about it's about empty right now. I'll just tell you that. Okay, but yeah, dude, I remember a time when Neyland Stadium was hard to go in and get a win. Now it just looks like a huge trash can, <laughs> bro. The Tennessee Titanic. It's it's sinking, and I mean it's about to get drowned in that river right next to Knox in Knoxville. Yeah, and there's no room for Jeremy Pruitt on on one of the the crash wood planks. Like, if you're Jeremy Pruitt, how, like, how do you go about like because these were games you were supposed to like just rack up like that you were just supposed to have. Like people could understand if you lose, if you're Tennessee and you lose to Alabama or Auburn or Georgia, but you're not supposed to lose these games. Right. And this, and this one is a little more respectable with BYU, you know, as opposed to Georgia state, but still not a good look. And I know this next week they've got Chattanooga. So do you think they get their first win then? God, I hope so. I sure hope so because I I think that fans in Knoxville would really reconsider their allegiance after if they lose to if they lose to in-state Chattanooga. But do you have any more chumps from this week? More ch- Florida State, man. Oh, another uh, dude! It's the year of those like historic teams that have just been trash. It's just, it's the it's the the theory of tectonic plates, okay. We just have Ooh, okay. some, you know, Science. I like this. Uh, we just have like a shifting of powers and people just need to need to be okay with that. But I mean, they won, they beat UL Monroe, but they're still a chump for me just because of all of the, the excuses that we're hearing from Tallahassee. We're hearing that 
The players are dehydrated. They're not used to the heat. Y'all, y'all live there. Y'all practice there every day. So I don't know. Not I'm not a fan. Of, I wasn't a big fan of the Willie Taggart hiring in the first place. I think Willie everywhere he's been, he's been average thus far. So I don't get the hype for Willie. But but if I'm a Seminole fan, oh man, it's bad. Like oh man, it hurts me to watch because I saw a clip and it was a quarterback rolling out and the offensive line had no effort at all, and the quarterback just got trash and he threw the ball up in the air and the offensive line was just standing there and they were walking on the field. Like it's bad. It's a culture thing. It, it it is a culture thing. It I mean it starts and ends with that for sure. Okay. Any more chumps? Because I'm getting depressed. We need to talk I was, about something. I was gonna say. I think I'm done with chumps. Okay. So I have some champs. Do you want? Um, one comes from the Big East and one comes from the ACC. The Big East, huh? Yo. Yeah. Shout out to the Big East. Okay. You want to hear it? From the Big East. Wait. <laughs> I think it might be the American. Right. Okay. Yeah. Give me give me that one. Okay. UConn. Is mm. UConn American? Yes. Okay. UConn's an American. I was thinking basketball. I'm sorry. Right. So, you know, a lot of times in these coaches' contracts, they have incentives. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's whether they reach it or not, it's kind of just, it just happens. But in UConn head coaches, Randy Edsall's contract, he picked up six thousand dollars in bonuses, and the Huskies lost yesterday. I was gonna say they lost. Yeah, but he got six thousand in bonuses, so he gets two thousand dollars apiece from UConn if they score first, force at least two turnovers, and have better red zone scoring efficiency. No and way. He's up, yes, and he's up to at least thirty-two thousand dollars in bonuses this season. Dude, he's putting on. Yeah, like he's showing out while these kids are taking the L. That's an interesting so, like, dynamic. I feel like that's kind of an alpha move. That's a finesse right there. That is an alpha move. But, I mean, he's probably not wanting to change too much since the man's getting paid. No, he's getting 6000 bucks for taking an L. I'd do that. Sign me up every week. Yeah. But, okay, dang, that's, that's quite the finessing and contract talks. But, okay, one big champ that I have is Cal. Huge yes. upset. Kind of like. The biggest upset of the weekend, if you don't count the Syracuse-Maryland game. But we'll get to that one in a second. But Cal, for me, beats number 14 Washington and moves to 2-0. I think think this was a game that literally, okay, I can say that nobody saw coming. Not because Cal was bad, but because literally it happened at 2 in the morning. The wee hours, yes. The wee hours of night. But if you want to see good defense, watch Cal. And I remember us doing the Pac-12 Oyster Choice, and I mentioned that they had a ton of returning starters and that they were the, you know, the 13th-ranked defense last year. This is a very good defense. If you're a fan of defense, you got to watch the Golden Bears. Yo, big things going down in Berkeley, man. Dude, they're 2-0. and They might make some noise in the Pac-12. Well, let's go over to the ACC for my other champ, and that's going to be Wake Forest. So Wake Forest, not typically known for having riches at quarterback, but I think they finally found a guy with Jamie Newman. So not a fan a of Sam shirt. Hartman, huh? Well, let me talk about that. Okay. So they're saving his eligibility. They're saving Sam Hartman's eligibility years with Jamie Newman because he's a redshirt junior, and allow the team to not only move the former starter Kendall Hinton to wide receiver, but also to keep Sam Hartman in a reserve as a sophomore. And Sam Hartman, mm. he had a great year last year. 
He threw for 1,900 yards and 16 touchdowns and only eight interceptions in just nine games. But this year, Newman is on another level, and he stood out in just two games. Now, given they've only played Utah State and Rice, I mean, that's not the most elite. But he's gotten he's gone 55 for 74 for 713 yards and six touchdowns in two weeks. That's pretty solid for an for a Demon Deacons quarterback. So I think that they're the champs. And even if Newman doesn't turn out the way that they think they do, they still got Sam Hartman, the QB one in reserve. And they're so they're going to tie into my next champ. They got North Carolina this weekend. So Ooh, the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill, baby. We'll see. We'll see what Jamie Newman's got to go. But but last week, man, you got North Carolina beating Miami. Mac Brown's got them two and zero. And I remember, you take it back a couple episodes, I remember defending Miami, and now they're starting off 0-2. Um, I don't know if they're going to be representing the uh, the coastal region in the ACC. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna, I, I question that. Dude, I a, they, play, they played Florida tough, and I know Florida is not you know, a top-10 team. I mean, they're currently ranked a top-10 team, but they don't play like one. That's not going to last long at right, all. Right, but dude, they, I just thought they played well, man, but... It's either it's either to Miami's credit or North Carolina's credit, but I think it's I think it's to Mac Brown and no, I I really like the culture that he's building there. And it's kind of rare because he's an older guy and he's doing it really fast. Yeah, and with the young guys, like he's like you got to find a way to relate. Yeah, and that's the weird thing because you would think nowadays if you have a young coach, you should automatically just be cool with the young guys. <laughs> but you know you can't teach an old old dog new tricks. Mac <laughs> Brown, he knows how. 18 to 22 year old kids how they work and how they function right and how they dance like he clearly can bro, learn that new was tricks terrible. Stop hey, it. that was terrible it's great stuff I bro. loved it i loved it i we even talked about it last week but he needs to he needs to put some wd-40 on them hips and loosen up a bit <laughs> oh all right so looking ahead wait do you have any more champs one last champ usc one last champ i'm sorry one last champ usc uh two and oh as well Beat uh, twenty three Stanford with a uh, new quarterback, uh, Keaton Keaton Slovis. Fight on, man. They might they might have they might have found something special in Southern California. So uh, keep 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 the Trojan watch going. So looking ahead for this next week, who is Rocco got her eyes on? All right, so we'll just we'll we'll get right to it. Um, Rocco picking up a much needed uh, correct pick She's last in the week. W column. She's now two and one, um, carrying that momentum into this weekend. Sam, game day is going to Ames. Yes, and I have that as one of my games to watch for this week. So, so I'll preface before before we get into this game. This week is while college football is still on. You're still going to enjoy tons and tons of games, but we you got to dig a little bit deeper though if you're looking for marquee matchups this weekend. Yeah, week three isn't really loaded with the 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 hype you know top 25 matchups is kind of a down week kind of rare so maybe next week we're going to be talking about a lot of upsets but anyways game day is going to Ames for Iowa State versus Iowa we got the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes facing off and Sam I think the biggest thing to this game is where it's being played in Ames in, Ames, in the middle or, of a cornfield anywhere just if it was if it was at Iowa that's huge if it's at Ames that's huge like home field advantage i think is going to be so key in this but another thing to note that this game this game kicks off at 3 i kind of have a a bone to a pick weird start. with the with the game day games that go on at like 
early afternoon because I I love the nightcap games. I love the night feeling. You just you know big stage. But with all that being said, Iowa seen it two and zero. I was the only ranked team. Iowa State is not ranked anymore. They they've only played one game, and the one game that the Cyclones did play it was not close, bro. Was, was not close. Had to take uh, Northern Iowa into triple overtime and won Yo, by three. Iowa State's not branching out of the Hawkeye State for any non-conference games. No, they are trying to establish dominance in the state of Iowa, and I mean it's all on the line. That I mean this week. So they only beat uh, Northern Iowa by three. Iowa's, on the contrary, sitting two and zero. With and they've been rolling. They have. They've they've got wins over Miami of Ohio and Rutgers, uh, blanked Rutgers which, last weekend. When you, when, well, when you say that, it doesn't sound like that impressive. Well, just because because like, we know their offense, right? And yeah. this is this is a team that this is your dark horse right here. Yeah, Iowa Iowa has a great dude. It's just one of those teams that like. They're so they're always so underrated, but like they're gonna be an eight or nine win ball club, regard like at minimum. They always have great senior leadership. They have great depth at the offense and defensive line, which helps win you games, especially in that Big Ten conference. And their skill players are they're great, but I mean it's nothing really outstanding compared to like the Justin Fields of Ohio State. Or Shea Patterson of Michigan. It's not flashy. Nothing really jumps. No, not at all. Jumps out of the you know and the that's screen why for the, you. This week is so exciting for both teams because neither team is like this is going to be great exposure for both teams, and I fully expect a huge crowd to be out there in Ames this week for game day. Yes, Rocco. Rocco agrees, um, and yeah, she let's, definitely. Let's hear a pick from Rocco. Yeah, she definitely agrees with Iowa being an eight-nine win ball club because she's going Hawkeyes. Even even though that she she loves to root for the Big Twelve, she's going Hawkeyes this week and a big win over the Cyclones. Wow, yo, that would not be good for Brock Purdy and the crew. No, not how you want to start. No, but I think I think I'm gonna have to go with Rocco. On, I'm gonna pick Iowa on this as well. Right. Uh, two two other games that I really think that we should be excited about. It's gonna be Stanford. At UCF. Mm. Now, this is UCF's chance. It's really rare when they can play like a power five team, but they're, they're they're getting bailed out. They're at home, okay? And I don't know if you've seen their game day hype videos, but they packed that place out, and it's definitely going to be a huge home field advantage. I'm excited to see what they can do, and I think that if they can get on Stanford, who's already down from USC last week, I think that they're going to try and run the score up just for optics. Okay, so we I think we need to clarify. Did you, with the bet, did you take UC, like did you believe UCF winning it again? No, I swear I said I picked Cincinnati to win. Okay, so what was what was the bet again? That if so the bet the bet was if you wait if Cincinnati doesn't win, I think it was it was UCF versus the field. Like I, I picked anybody but UCF. If UCF wins, then I have to fly to Orlando and get off the plane, walk around the terminal, and then get back on the plane and fly home. Oh, okay. That sounds right because you think Cincinnati will dethrone UCF. Yes. Yes. Okay. They're okay. not looking good after last week's game against Ohio State. Right. Just yeah, just wanted to clarify. But yeah, dude, this is this is UCF's chance to put another another big boy on the board. So That's, I should be rooting for the Cardinal. Yeah, you ca- you you low key need to go for the Cardinal. Um, but Stanford coming off a just a tough loss to USC, I don't know 
how inspired they're going to be. Yeah. I'm especially going cro- like full cross country. Like that's Great point. probably going to be the longest trip that they're going to have all year. And they're not going to Universal. No, and they're not going to go to the happiest place on earth, Disney World, either. <laughs> I mean, after that loss against USC, shoot, I'm surprised that they're even going to be in Florida, happy Florida. And this is another, I mean, kickoff's at 2.30 on ESPN. Another weird start time. But, so my final game to watch for this week, we kind of touched on both teams earlier, but USC at BYU. It's going to be a key game for both teams moving forward because they're both at that pivotal spot where anything can happen. BYU's coming off a huge road win at Tennessee. They're feeling confident. But I could also see USC having their confidence back after beating uh, Stanford at home, 45-20. to That's a huge win. And it's going to prove whoever wins this game is going to have control of their season. They're going to have more confidence moving forward. So I had this game on on my list to watch this weekend as well. I think BYU doesn't get enough credit for for what they do every year. I think kind of similar to to Iowa, they're they're an eight nine win ball club. Um, yeah, in, in in a spot where it's hard to recruit. Oh my goodness, insanely hard to recruit. Like I'm sure they're well, and because it's BYU, they're code of ethics is a little bit different than other schools right and i remember watching them week one against uh utah the holy war byu they're tough they are tough and their quarterback is a really young kid he's a he's he's a gamer his his, they showed his mom and dad two very proud parents but he could he could lead the cougars this weekend over the trojans but i think this is going to be a great one um is this is this a night game or is this another weird one it, I, uh, it's a West Coast game, so I'm gonna say night. Well, it's gonna be a night game for us. Okay, sticking sticking with games to watch this week. I have Florida, Kentucky. Okay. I think I think this could be both are sitting at two and zero. I think this could be the weekend that the Gators finally get exposed for not being well, a top ten there, team. Isn't there a streak that Florida has over Kentucky? They've won so many games, whether it's at home or away against Kentucky. But it there there was, but they snapped it last year because Kentucky got them last year. Well, no, there's a wait. Is it at Florida or is that Kentucky? Ooh, I'm. But they they they, at Florida. I don't think the I don't think Kentucky's won in Florida for like forever. No, I think they did beat them at the swamp. Yeah, man. So last year, Wildcats go into the swamp and get out of the swamp with a 27-16 victory. There we go. That's what I was thinking of. Right, yeah, it, they ended a 31-game losing streak. Golly. So I think the Wildcats are in a in a good position to extend their streak to two years. Yeah. And finally, that I mean, so Florida can can drop out of the top ten, and we can get you know another deserving team in the top ten because I don't think Florida is is well warranted of that. Yeah, their time is about expired up there. They, they've outwarmed their welcome. Yes. Do you have any more games to look out for this weekend? No, man. That's about it. This this week, like we said earlier, is kind of a little bit low, but that doesn't mean the quality is going to be down. There's there's going to be some sort of upset out there, and I can't wait to come back on next week and talk about it because we're going to be like, what the heck happened? Maybe I one quick one, one little tough one. Clemson-Syracuse could get interesting. Maybe. We'll see. Up, up in the Carrier Dome? Right. Ooh, okay. We'll see. I mean, because Syracuse coming off a tough loss last week. Right. All right, let's transition over to the NFL 
And before we say anything, I'm just going to say I'm pissed. At? Antonio Brown. I'm so freaking mad. Antonio Brown's – okay, but here's the thing. This could all be reconciled. Antonio Brown to the Patriots could be the best or the worst thing to ever happen to the NFL. Let me let me explain. It could be the best thing because he is a head case and he could go in. He could be the bomb that America needs to go inside the Patriots franchise and blow everything up. He's America's last hope. Okay. But he could also be the worst thing and he could just turn into a robot and get on that Patriot way and just demolish the rest of the NFL. Like it's not like like I don't know if you watched the game Sunday night, but the Patriots definitely don't need extra weapons. No, they they definitely don't. It's so frustrating because they're gonna get Gronk back at some point. Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver out of Arizona State that they drafted in the first round, he's been injured. And he's not even there yet. And they've already got Edelman. They got Edelman, flat the Flash Gordon, you know, Josh Gordon. Who knows how long he'll be on the field. So TB12 has has options. Yes, and it's frustrating because he looks like he's not a freaking 40-something-year-old. He looks like he's 24. It's amazing. Like, honestly, like I joke about it, about being like pissed and frustrated, but it's honestly one of the most amazing things in all of professional sports that they've been able to keep up this dominance over like, – because like, at the end of the day, like it's so hard to keep a good football team together. The fact that they've done it for like almost twenty plus years blows my mind. They've been to like they've been to four of the last six Super Bowls. There's not like over like I would I want to say there's only like a handful of teams that have been to more than like three. It's and be- they've been to four in the last six. It's almost unfair. And to to the points you just laid out, that's why I think when you know Antonio Brown gets there that I think Belichick and, and Tom Brady had that thing like Fort Knox. Like, I think they're going to sit him down as soon as he gets there and like, look, this is the way we do things. You can either be a part of that or you cannot. And But I, I don't know, man, because I, I just don't know with this Antonio Brown guy anymore. I really don't. Yeah, like, I, I think you know him, and I think he just loves being the center of attention. And here's the deal. Like, he loves getting his catches, and he loves getting his yards and touchdowns. But I don't think he keeps that same amount of production in in New England. There's too many mouths to feed. But like, see, you just can't keep it up. And he's all about, like, we'll see if he's all about winning. Because all these guys that go, I'm all about winning. I want to I want to win a Super Bowl. We'll truly see how he feels about it. But, they, like, I'm just, like, again, going back to it, I'm so mad. Because they don't even need them. They freaking steamrolled the Steelers. Like, they won 33-3. to You'd think the Steelers could eat, at least score one touchdown. Chief was very upset. He was whining and crying because he was watching <laughs> the Steelers. Like, he wanted he wanted rubs, but I'm like, sorry, dude. You, you didn't earn it this week. Hey, that's okay because he's got a, another opportunity this, this upcoming week. But yes. sticking with week one in the NFL, we've got to talk about it. And that's got to be the Tennessee... Cleveland game, Sam. What, what what was your reaction to to this one? I'm disappointed, but not surprised because Cleveland. This was the perfect time of the year for Cleveland to set the tone on who they're going to be, their identity, and they blew it. Cleveland pooped they, their pants. I wouldn't even say that. I would say more Baker Mayfield. Baker pooped his pants. Yes. Somebody not, pooped like, their pants on the Cleveland yeah, side. It stunk yeah, on that sideline. That's why they're called the Browns. 
That's why they're called the Browns, because that's the color of their pants. 43 to 13 to the Titans. It's it's absurd, man. I mean, with that much, I, I think it's just because their their offense line's bad, okay? And Baker's not a scrambling guy, okay? And they got him off his spot, and he couldn't just sit back there because he is like he's an archer with the football. Like he has amazing accuracy, but not if he's running for his life. He's a smaller guy too, and so at that point, when you can't defend, uh, you can't protect the quarterback. Jarvis Landry and OBJ are useless. And so it's going to be interesting to see because their next couple of weeks, like it's tough. Now they somewhat get a down week this week with the New York jets, but they're on the road. It's Monday night football next week. If they go down Oh two, it's going to be very interesting to see how they come back from this. Oh, wow. It's going to be the, uh, the anniversary of Baker. Yes. Making uh, his... Baker's, Baker's comeback win. Okay. One more note, man, they gave up. They Cleveland had 18 penalties for 182 yards. That makes it incredibly hard. Who's that fall on? That fall on Kitchens? Oh, my goodness. It falls on the entire t- – I mean, I want to say the entire organization. But, yeah, man, it falls on the coaches and the players because that's – dude, that's almost two links of the football field that you're giving up in penalties. That's very true. But here's – if you're a Cleveland Browns fan out there, there is some good news. There are five teams last year that lost their opening week one season game to a team that didn't make the playoffs. So if you lost week one, there were five teams last year that lost week one to teams that didn't make the playoffs, but they ended up making the playoffs. Great stats. Like the, Saints, the Saints last year lost to the Bucks, And so, I mean, there's other teams out there. So if you lost week one, not all hope is lost. There is hope. And it's just week one. Okay. I mean, in, and in this league, you can rattle off six straight wins or six straight losses. It's all about momentum. I agree. So you want to go off to other games or you want to keep talking about this one? Next game I want to talk about, got to be Baltimore-Miami. Oh, Dude. my gosh. Uh, I'm kind of glad our guy Vincent sadly got moved out. Okay, because- P- so yeah, PSA to all the devoted listeners. Vincent, our first you know, official true BSer to have on the show. Miami sadly did make the decision to cut him and they just got blasted for 59 points. So that's what they get. get. Right. I think we all can, um, laugh and find joy and pleasure in this. Um, but don't, don't fret because Vincent is now with the Buffalo bills. He's going to hopefully get his opportunity and hopefully they can see what they got. But yes, I LOL'd at, at this score, but Lamar Jackson, bro, do you think do you think that this was a product of the Ravens being this good or the Dolphins being that bad? I think it's a combination of both, but I think it's more the Ravens being that good. Right. I was going to say the cop-out answer of both, but yes. Because it is the NFL, and it's not easy to win games, but Lamar Jackson, that dude was slinging the ball, and that's one thing that he did not do last year. Yeah, and, shout out to everyone that said that he's a running back. Bro, he had a perfect passer rating, like the like the highest of highs, which I don't understand how it's like 158.3. I don't understand how that freaking works. Dude, but only three incompletion, five touchdowns, no picks. That's almost a video game-esque. Like, I would, if I didn't have a game like that on NCAA, I would quit and then replay the game just so my stats would look good. Like, totally flip the script. Do you, because the man only had three carries for six yards. Do you think that, 
I mean, he has truly transitioned and evolved his game to now being a passing quarterback? Or, like, do you expect, do you expect like, those numbers? Obviously, those numbers I, aren't going to continue. But I want to see it against a higher-end defense. Okay. A defense that will challenge him. Because Miami already looks like they're already, like, the season didn't even kick off. Yes, I mean, like, I mean, it kicked off this weekend. But it looked like they were already ready for the offseason at this point. Miami so, might not win a game. Both the Hurricanes and the Dolphins are in trouble. And, and, I mean, it's not looking prominent for the Heat this year. So, yeah, Miami's just in a state of disarray. Oh, man. It's tough. Any other? Okay, so, and then moving on up the Florida Panhandle, we had the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. My Chiefs didn't look as sharp or as fresh as you'd hope, but even in a game where they didn't look their best, they still freaking scored 40. So I'm pumped about it. Our defense looked good. Um, we got another no-look look from Pat. Okay. A lot of people are giving him crap for overthrowing it with the no-look. There's a linebacker right over there who's had his arms up. You couldn't see him in that one shot. But he did admit that was his bad. You know, whenever you try all these cool new things, you're going to mess up a couple of times. And so at least, like, I feel like if he didn't have the MVP tag, he wouldn't be doing this stuff. But he's the MVP. He can do what he wants. But sad, sad news for the Chiefs, though. Tyreek Hill injury. Yeah, it looks like it's not going to be as long, but it's still going to be a duration of time without him. But at the same time, the Chiefs already kind of mentally prepared in the offseason of life without Tyreek. And so that they, they've had this game plan before. And even whenever he went down in the first quarter, that dude, Sammy Watkins, product of Clemson, South Carolina, like, bro, he went off. He had two, almost 200 yards. He had 198 yards with three touchdowns. It's almost like you restock and reload with the Chiefs. And with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid at the helm, like, you throw anybody out there that has speed, it's the Legion of Zoom, baby. Well, and you know, you should know this above all else. Sammy Watkins is a lizard person, right? You know that, right? Yeah, he's a he's kind of an odd dude. He's like a space lizard guy. Like he he he's in his own cult. Right. And I mean, I I've never met a uh a lizard person, but I assume they're incredibly hard to tackle. Yeah, a little slimy, a little slippery. Yes, another surprise for the Chiefs that I was kind of digging was LaShawn McCoy. Yes. He looked very and he looked very good on only 10 carries. I don't know if you guys that were able to watch the game, but his jersey looked so weird. If you go and look at videos or pictures of his jersey, it looked like a like a youth football team jersey. Like it wasn't like the the tight compression jersey. It reminds me of like whenever you have like that old mesh and it was like real floppy and loose. It that looked like his jersey. I don't know why that has anything to do with what how he played on the field, but that's just what I noticed. Bro, it looked like uh like just like a last second throw together. Yes, just no, to get well, him I mean, out he, there. He, Look, dude, we signed him this week. It was probably a last-second jersey make right there. What else? Kyler right, Murray got a tie. Like, we got a tie this week. Do you want to speed through these last couple of games? Yeah, so Dak had himself a quite the day. Um, yeah. I'm already hearing Cowboy chatter that this could be the year. Um, he gets his contract? Well, that, that that he might get his contract and that the boys could, could end up in the bowl. I'm not saying that, but uh, good. It's one game. Yes. Chill out, Cowboy fans. Congratulations. You beat Eli Manning. Um, the Bills came back to beat the Jets, and that was that was nuts because the Bills had four turnovers, and they still came back to beat the Jets. That says more about the Jets than it does the Bills. 
the Eagles were down. I mean, a lot of comebacks this week. Oh, yeah, dude. The Eagles were down, like, early, early. Yes, they were like what were they down? Seventeen nothing and came back. Seventeen nothing. Case Keenum had a had a pretty solid day at the office. Three three hundred eighty passing yards. Almost got the Redskins uh, to one and zero. This whole entire week was so much excited. It was so exciting because just the stars aligned in football. It's one of those few weekends out of the year. We we it's a duration of time that we have to enjoy. Like if you like, we're not going to enjoy it as much as November just because we're going to be used to it. But we need to savor these weeks where it's literally Thursday through Monday night of just football. Right. We can't we can't afford to waste a week. So looking ahead to next week, you've already talked about uh, Chiefs Chiefs woes and his his excitement though at the same time to to get back on the on the winning side of things and hopefully get himself a, a treat or two. He's got to be looking at the Saints-Rams game, right? Chief wouldn't well. No. He was not looking at that game. Okay. Game. Chief was woofing and barking about one game in particular. Not the, like, the best-looking matchup, not the one that's going to stick out the most, but it's going to be the Colts over the Titans. Ooh, okay. Now, the Colts took a hard week one on the road loss to the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers. I almost said San Diego. But the Colts are a very good team, even with Jacoby Brissett. And they have a great roster. And I still think that Tennessee's a little fluky. Tennessee, these past couple of years, have been mentally, they've been, they've struggled with the Colts. Like they went, oh, they didn't get one win. Like Andrew Luck had a long career, might have been injured a lot, but he had a long career. They did not get one win over Andrew Luck. And until the Titans prove inconsistency issues, Chief just still thinks that the Colts are going to remain dominant. And in the past couple of years, you know, after a huge win, the Titans typically seem to follow that up with a bad performance with Mariota or on the defense. And so Chief's picking the Colts to go in and uh, get a dub. Okay. I hope I hope Chief can can get that right. Two games that I like for next week, Sam, is two like big rivalry games. And Okay, let's hear it. And the first one of the the day is going to be Dallas at Washington. That's always that's always a fun game to watch. And one that we'll talk about a little more is Kansas City at Oakland. Okay. The last why do you, time why do, like, why do you like this one? Oh, just just be, yeah, just just because the last time that we truly get to say Kansas City versus Oakland. In and, that dump. Right. It yeah. And this has been I mean, you put these two together and I don't know I don't know why, but it's always must watch. And it doesn't matter what the team's records are. Like it's such a historic rivalry and it dates back like way, way, way back to the beginning of the AFL days. And I remember watching these videos of Marty Schottenheimer, who used to be a Chiefs head coach, and he would basically convince his players that the Raiders were just bad people like not even bad players but just that bad bad human beings bad human beings he would convince them throughout the week that if they beat the raiders that they were like superheroes that they help society and it like it's just a funny it's it's a heated rivalry and for the longest time there's been decades where the chiefs have been terrible the raiders have been good and now the times are switching right now but i'm excited to see what the Raiders can do, because now with AB out, they really have no excuse. Do you think they can get a win this next week, man? No, I think I think the Chiefs win by two touchdowns at least. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Any more games of week two that you're looking forward to? I really like Seattle and Pittsburgh. And this is a big game for Pittsburgh because they really need to come out and have a better showing. And Seattle last week didn't look great at home against Cincinnati. But still, still, they still got a win. They still got a win. And at the end of the day in the NFL, that's what matters. But at home against Cincinnati, like that's if you're a Seahawks fan, that should give you some cold sweats. But that's it. That's it for me with the, the games for next week. Well, since that's it for you, we can uh, hear our Athlete of the Week. Sometimes life is just pure funny. Such is the case with our Athlete of the Week this week. Appalachia State running back Darrington Evans has quite the story. He wears number three, leads the nation with 333 rushing yards on 33 attempts, his team is about to enter week three. And Appalachia State's football stadium sits 3,333 feet above sea level. I believe it's safe to say that Darrington's favorite number might be three. All right, so that was our athlete of the week. And guys, there might be a couple more of these episodes where I'm going to have to be on the road, but hopefully this was good enough. I, I had a great time. I Dude, was this was Fuego. Today. It really was. Brock, what's the number? Okay, we need to advertise this more, but we want you guys to connect with us. What is the number? Tell our listeners the number to call in and ask questions because we will answer them. So we'll run it. We'll run the script one more time. Y'all can call in with literally anything. Like we got this this past week, Sam, we got a we got a couple of folks just calling in and saying, hey, like you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. And we love that. Motivates we, us. We do love that. Um, and specifically, one of those callers wanted to give a shout out to TCU. Uh, go Frogs. Anyways, moving on. The number to call in for any questions that you guys may have is 539-209-4816. Give us a ring. Give us a dial. Call it up. Put it on speed dial. That'd be dope. <laughs> But, <laughs> but yes, we want to hear from you guys. We'll answer questions, whether that's sports or football or sports and football is the same thing, but anything sports related or relationship advice or segment ideas, whatever you guys want to hear, we'll give it to you guys. But anyways, guys, uh, we'll be back next week with some more college football, with more NFL and some more segments. So, all right, guys, we'll catch you on the flip. Deuces. We enjoyed having you on board this morning. I appreciate your business. We'll fly with you again in the future. Five minutes.